When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Profiler Faithful, it's Matty Kiwoom. Welcome to episode 24 of The Game Plan. I am beyond excited for this episode. And as it turns out, I do not have a guest on today's show. I got two, baby. Yeah, that's right. Not one, but two very important, incredibly special guests on today's show. And (laughs) we're going to be playing a little 4D chess, if you know what I'm talking about. I told you all all that this show is just going to be absolutely legendary. So, gang, get them pen and pad out. Let's start game planning to win in your dynasty leagues. Planners, my guests today are two of the very best dynasty gamers in the dang business. They are part of Destination Devi. They are the co-hosts of a number of different shows, including 4D Chess, Dynasty, Football Show, and The dynasty trade show and listen up gang because you can find all of their shows on youtube or wherever you get your podcasts i'm talking about the headmasters of the south Harmon institute of technology atm and the tear down king mcnutted adam and mike what is up my brothers what's going on maddie we're we're on the game plan let's go let's game plan this thing baby you know what an introduction maddie man i don't know what to say uh I, it's it's erroneous, erroneous on all counts, but <laughs> but I appreciate it. Listen, when I get two of my buddies in the business on the show, I'm rolling out that damn red carpet. Man, we, we we'll take it though. I mean, okay. we'll, we're we're here. We're doing the game plan, forty chess, however you want to do it, Maddie. Um, but we got you know what we got today? We got a teardown king in the building. You know? Yes, we do. We got a teardown yes, king do. in the building. The, the the I mean the guy has, he's the king for a reason. And that's why we are talking about tearing down in Dynasty. When I reached out to Adam and Mike, I'm like, what do you guys want to talk about? <laughs> Adam goes, uh, well, we got the tear down king, so why don't we talk a little tearing down in Dynasty? I said, you know what? You're a goddamn genius because that's perfect. But before we dive into the show, I'm going to hit you guys with a little blindside questions. Now, you were on a show of mine back uh, last year called Human Jones. Shout out Chris Jones. And I asked you the same question. So I don't know if you're going to remember it or not, but. Still going to bust it out. So this question is for both of you, and it's a two-parter. Not a one, but a two-parter. So how long have you guys been playing fantasy football, 
And follow-up question, how would you describe your fantasy team building slash management style? Mm, that's a good one, Maddie. I didn't know there was going to be math today. <laughs> Nobody <laughs> told me. I didn't, I didn't prepare for math questions. I'm counting on my fingers. For how long I've been playing fantasy, man, I started way back, I want to say in like fourth grade. Um, for those of you who don't know, I'm old. If you can't tell by the little bit of gray coming back in this freshly <laughs> shaved off beard of mine. Uh, yeah, it's, it's been a while. Been a long time. Uh, I have a home league that's been going. I've been in that for at least 20 years at this point. So been a long time at fantasy. Uh, Dynasty relatively new considering. I mean, when you got fantasy football that I've been doing for 25 years and then you got, you know, Dynasty for five or six. It's uh, it's a little bit different, <laughs> but Dynasty is definitely my forte. Uh and I will say this, man, uh, it has been an incredible journey from where I started. You know, I remember drafting kickers in like the second round when I first started <laughs> because they were the best scoring. And I remember doing this is how old I am, Maddie. I remember our first fantasy league. We were doing box scores from a newspaper. So every mm-hmm. every Monday, the newspaper would come out and we'd uh, tally up the scores. Right? <laughs> You'd have to do it all by yep. hand. And then uh, my my stepdad at the time would take the final scores to work. So so that's how old and how long I've been playing that's playing it. it. As far as strategy goes, uh, Adam said it best, man. I I'm I'm really just about value. So dynasty, I think, is just a value game. Uh, mm-hmm. Shout out to Mike Lou. Adam just had him on one of our uh, trade shows, which yeah, was excellent was great on YouTube. Uh, but Mike Lou really instilled the whole play it like a stock market. So when I look at fantasy football, dynasty football in general, I'm just looking at values, man. Where can I buy low? Where can I sell high? Uh, who do I think has the uh, who do I want to invest in the long term? Right. Play mm-hmm. the long game. And who's the uh, the more of the day trader kind of guy. So that'd be my overall strategy. I'd say, Maddie. OK, OK. We had uh, Nate on last week and he had been playing for a long time, too. I love having you know those stories back. Uh, you know, I never I've been playing a long time, but not the newspaper long. But man, that's the best. This is actually this doc. I think it's a thirty for thirty on ESPN, and it's about like the OG fantasy league. It's baseball, but I watched it. And man, it just gets you all pumped up because, like, you, way back when the very first league that was created for fantasy, it was still all about the same thing. It was about buddies getting together, talking shit you know enjoying the sport that they all love and they had the same dynamics of all of our leagues do they had a scumbag who was trying to fleece everyone in trades it's fantastic so i love hearing that you know how long you've been playing that's why uh you're so valuable in terms of what you the knowledge that you bring and your style fits in exactly i think it's like the perfect complement of you know having seen it all but also hopping on the new wave of thinking so you can kind of hit it all angles that's why you just that's why you're my boy mike but that's why you're all very very good (laughs) At Dynasty. Now, Adam, how long have you been playing and how would you describe your GM style? Yeah, um, I've been playing, I guess, like my first league I was in, you know, junior high, high school. Yeah. Um, but, you know, those are pretty casual. Like Mike said, I, I could tell you if we went back and looked, I would love to actually see it because I'm pretty sure it would be pretty tragic from what I've learned now. <laughs> after after college, I started playing, you know, a lot, a lot more from the strategy side, I got into keep some keeper leagues like 2013, 2014 was when I started getting into multiple leagues. Um, that's when my longest league started. And then I probably really got heavily into dynasty around 2020. Um, Mm. and you know, went from a couple leagues, like as Mike likes to say, you know, he'll he'll let you know, I was in a few leagues. I was in like five, six. I'm like, "Ah, I don't know if I really want to get into too many leagues. Like I want to be able to really focus (laughs) on them now. I mean, I'm, I'm far North of 20. And at this point, uh, I, I don't even know what the number is. It's probably 2025. <laughs> St- strategy wise, um, 
a lot of the same stuff Mike said. So, I mean, we the reason we do a show together, Mike and I, whether it's 40 Chess, South Harmon, whatever, whatever we're doing, we have a lot of the same damn thoughts. So when he goes first, it's what happens. I get to try to clean it up. And I, he already said my, my piece. But I guess <laughs> I would say this. Um, I, I, too, play the value game. I'm liking to tear down when it makes sense and find ways to c- constantly pick up mm-hmm. value for my team. The one thing that I'm kind of strategizing and changing a little bit, though, is certain positions and where I think they fit into the dynasty game and then also understanding my league, the settings of the league, and how I really want to roster my team and these really drastically can change from league to league. And honestly, I didn't. that didn't open my eyes until, honestly, Mike was like, hey, you're going to get in all these damn leagues. And then there's all these different scoring settings and all these different, you know, 14 team, 12 team, 10 team, starting nine, starting 12, starting 17 in the league we just did, best ball lineup. So... That's one of the biggest things for me is understanding the market and then also how does that apply to my specific league. I got to give you your guys uh, your flowers too because it was your show, the 4D Dynasty show, that I started thinking about the, the starting roster, what that means in terms of analysis. You know, I never put a lot of thought into it. And, you know, when on your show you would frequently talk about rosters or were you breaking down trades on the Dynasty trade show and you'd be start nine, start ten. And that just like instantly started, oh, yeah, that does obviously play a massive factor in what you're starting. So that kind of drastically changes the market that you're in and your league, what people are after, what people, you know, what positions they're attacking because they need all these starters out there. So I got to give you guys your, your kudos there. That's exa- that's where I started changing my way of thinking like, ah, yeah, that's true. That's such a such a big deal. And in, uh, in see. so we talked about your GM styles now real quick. Because this is player profile now. You guys are overall player profile. Everyone at Destination Debbie, I'm sure, knows the story, but it's such a good story. How did you guys come together and when did you like start the show? How'd that come about? That's a pretty good start. Man, I don't want to take your thunder, Adam. So why don't you go ahead? You be the first oh, man. This time. <laughs> All right. Well, I mean <laughs> that's good. The, that's you know, the, that's why they so they don't mind I, I, I like I like what he did there. But the reality <laughs> is there's no stealing thunder that this story is gonna be the same from both sides. It is what it is. The reality was though, um, Mike and I like like I said, I started really getting into it in twenty twenty. Uh, early in 2021, I joined up. Um, honestly, I, I found Ray by watching him on this show, uh, the player profile show, not the game plan. But, you know, he had the future cast. I started watching him. And I was like, yo, this dude. I was already subbed to player profile era and was with was hip to that. And I was like, this Ray Garvin, he's, he's really sharp. So I'm like, mm-hmm. I like this. You know, actually, there's a video he's talking about Rondell Moore. Um, and I, I went to his highest, highest tier Heisman. I'm like, I want to know what this guy knows. Like, I'm trying to get better at the game. So Mike, I think he either joined slightly before or ahead of me. We were right around the same month. A couple months after you, yeah. <clears throat> okay, so very, very similar. And, um, you know, we're, we're in there trying to learn, but we have our own strategy and thoughts already. And a lot of the stuff they say in Heisman is really smart. And for the most part, we would agree. But then every now and again, you know, there's discourse. And the discourse basically came from two people, Mike and myself. We would, you know, go in there. <laughs> I don't know about that. I don't really, I don't really see it that way. And we would, you know, <laughs> tell them straight up how we felt, what we thought about it. So, you know, we had our own little flair in, in Dynasty. And because we were con- constantly in alignment when we were out of alignment with a lot of the Heisman tier, you know, we were always in each other's DMs. And then eventually we're like, dude, listen, like, I don't want to keep breaking my thumbs here. Like, let's, why don't we just hop on a, yeah. you know, on, on a show for an hour, not really planning to go anywhere with it, just more so that we could talk about strategy in our teams. Um, so we did our own little show starting in the summer of 2021. We had, you know... 30, 40 people listening to it, <clears throat> one of which, though, was Ray. And going into the start of the 2022 calendar year, you know, he hit Mike and I up like, listen, man, we, we really like your show. We'd love to have you on. And we're kind of like, wait, for real? Like, you want us to come do a you know podcast on Destination Debbie? He was like, yeah, man. So we, we were 
excited, wanted to do it. So we, you know, figured out what we were going to do, called it 40 chess and, um, you know, kind of the rest is history. We started doing podcasts yeah. on there. Our first one was about all the quarterbacks in 2022 and how great they're going to be. So we started, off, we started off with a bang. You know, we had <laughs> all the, the Kenny Pickett was the only first round guy, Malik Willis, Sam Howell, all that. So, um, honestly, it's been a lot of fun though. We've, yeah. we've, you know, got a lot wrong. We've learned a lot. We've, I think we've improved <laughs> some of our process and, um, you know, we've gone from podcast to video content and multiple, multiple shows a week. So love the fact that we're getting a guest spot on uh, player profile and the game plan, man. No, you guys are absolutely killing it. 40 chess, such a good show. And, you know, we had the pleasure of hanging out last year at the expo. So, you know, hanging out in person, you guys are just, you're as good at analysis analysts as you are guys and just cool dudes. So like shout out to everything you got, you guys are doing. So I'm so happy to have you on. And, and, Funny thing is, dude, I actually was introduced to Ray when he was on the Future Cast as well. Since you know, you got his ear. <laughs> tell him to come on over to the game plan, and we can talk a little, talk a little shit. Me and Ray, that'd be pretty cool. That would be fun. I just saw he, uh, you know, was on the show with Matt. You know, yeah, uh, Mind yeah, recently. Show. So yeah, it was fun. Yeah, you got to fight a good Matt show together. <laughs> you got to yeah, fight well, Matt for him. Every time they're on together, it's fantastic. So. It's so good. They, I mean, they got a chemistry together, and they just have like a different way of technique. Maddie's so, you know, analytics and and you know that kind of that minded, and Ray's just so knowledgeable about the game of football and the player evaluation side. So I love listening to them to link up. But that doesn't mean that Ray can't come on the game plan and spit some shit. Not you know? at all. Not so at all, man. Let's make it happen. Absolutely. So, boys, thank you so much for taking your time and hanging out to to record the game plan. So why don't we dive into the first segment? tearing down in dynasty so i'm going to leave this question out for the both of you to answer in your mind how would you define tearing down so for me it's it's about going from something that is valued at a, at a pretty decent clip right like nobody's going to talk about tearing down from tight end 32 to you know 40 no one cares no yep. one cares but when i think about tear downs it's generally coming in those upper echelon tiers and going down to the middle ones and trying to extract as much value as possible where you think that the range of outcomes of the two players, right? So if you say QBA and QBB, one's ranked in the top 10, let's say. The other one's maybe ranked in that 15 to 18, 19 range. If you think that there's a realistic outcome, now you don't have to predict that, you know, QBB is going to score exactly the same as QBA or put up the same numbers. But if you think there's a scenario where, hey, if, if player A doesn't do as well and player B does have a decent enough year, I think I can maybe get 80, 90, 95% of the production of the first guy. But market value is telling me that I can actually receive a first-round pick on top of it or a first-round pick plus. And I can set myself up with these kind of moves and keep tearing down and keep accruing assets over time. And I really don't lose anything on the front end. But then by the time it's ready for the back end, I'm always the guy who has the treasure trove of assets. I'm always the guy who goes, man, you know, I just finished first in this league. I just won it. And you look and I got the the 23-103. I got the 23-107. I got the 23-112. It's going like I just keep reloading every single year. It doesn't matter that if I have a Tom Brady retires, it goes, oh, I got a hole at quarterback I got to fill. I'm already going to draft the next guy. It's already going to be just revolving door. So when I think about tear down, ultimately that's the end goal. And I think about it in the upper echelon tiers. Mm-hmm. It doesn't always have to be the elite players because you can tear down from those guys that you see in startups round three to five as well and go into some of the deeper values. But 
generally it's not just for every player, right? Like like I mentioned yeah. with the tight ends, no one no one cares. <laughs> no one yeah. cares about those guys. I'm gonna I'm gonna tear down from Noah Fant to Trey McBride and give me a round three in 2026. Right. Yeah. I understand. No, no, that's a great way to put it. Adam, anything you want to add and kind of how you think about tearing down, how you approach it? Yeah, I mean, Mike touched on a lot of it. And I, I would say this as an additional piece to think about is, you know, the, the traditional in the traditional sense, tearing down is essentially, you know, you're going from like, you know, maybe not Noah Fant to um, Trey McBride. But if you're going higher, like let's say Kyle Pitts is going to be your right. starter and you go into, you know, a middling like a Dallas Goddard. Right. Typically, mm-hmm. you're going to say a, tr- a traditional teardown is you're going to go from Kyle Pitts to Dallas Goddard. And by tearing down, you're going to net an additional player, whatever asset that that will be. But like that's more the traditional sense, and I think the reality is that's what people understand. But tearing down as a whole, it doesn't necessarily mean that you have to go from Kyle Pitts to a Dallas Goddard to net an additional piece. You may have a plethora of a certain position or a certain asset, and you can sell it at its peak and net multiple pieces, but they don't have to necessarily be a tight end. I think when you get into like the deeper philosophy of it, Tearing down is what makes sense and kind of the starting point, but there's so many different ways and avenues you can extract value, and ultimately that's mm-hmm. what this is, extracting value out of players that you think are at their peak. Right, and then, like Mike said, when you show up to the draft with the trophy, but also three first-round picks, I mean, you're the whale at the casino. You know, you can do whatever you want. You can make picks. You can select all the rookies if you love the class. You can consolidate, trade those picks for a player that you can really just walk in as the cock of the walk and just, you know, put everything down. That's 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 a great way to put it. Extracting value. Adam, you talked about a, a few different approaches, but I was wondering, is there like an optimal approach? You know, is there a certain position that works best for tearing down or a time of the year? Uh, you know, all these different paths that you can go to extract this value. Is there something that you just happen to prefer over the others? Well, I would say this. Um, it's a good, it's a great question. So, at the quarterback position, probably in you know years past, two three years ago, even maybe last year, like it was something you could extract a ton of value out of these elite quarterbacks and mm-hmm. probably get to a reasonable replacement level quarterback. Maybe it's going to age Aaron Rodgers or something like that. But the reality now is what we've seen over last year is tearing down at the quarterback position is tricky because mm. if you're getting outside the top twelve. Okay, like who is your replacing? Because ultimately you're trying to replace the player that you're tearing down from. Do I like to tear down a quarterback? Sure. But I think now in this current market, it's one that I'm not as aggressively looking to tear down from. Um, Wide receiver, I would say Chase and Jefferson, like Mike and I used to talk about tearing down from that. Mm -hmm. And I still am a fan of that because there's so many receivers there. But I will say if you're going to tear down, understand the asset. And I think we can probably get into that in more detail. But at the receiver position, there's a bunch of replacement placement points because it's deep. But mm-hmm. at the same time, don't just tear down if you're not getting actually the value of that player back. So I would say receiver and running back are two of the ones I really like to do tear downs at. Mm-hmm. But I think you got to be careful of what are you actually getting back in a tear down. And I think that's where people either go right or wrong. They they excel and they execute the trade and they get out value that's proper. Or sometimes they sell a little light and. You know, maybe that was Devontae Smith last year, and you're like, right. holy shit, what did I do? So that's kind of the that's kind of the understanding the approach of it. And quarterbacks, yeah, we've seen now the late-round QB strategy pretty much go out the window. And, you know, obviously that's kind of directed in different ways. We talk about seasonal dynasty. But in a super flex league, 
getting that additional asset. Is there an additional asset you could get that's going to cover the difference of, you know, going from a Herbert to, you said, outside the top 12? Well, on player profile, we have Kirk Cousins at 13. So going from Herbert to Cousins, is there an asset that you can get that makes that worth it, you know? I Not mean, other sing- than obviously, if someone can just write in the in the comments, right, Chase, you idiot. Well, yeah, obviously, but I want to join that league if that's the case. <laughs> I mean, I would say personally for me, it's pro- it's not a singular asset. Um, no. You you could maybe get a, a haul on top that makes it worth it. Okay. But I think the other thing too is you got to understand the league. Um, I think we can get into that too. Like in a start nine league, like we talk about this. If I'm starting nine and I have elite quarterbacks, you can probably extract the value out. But does do you actually ever replace it? How do you yeah. get how do you get that quarterback spot solid again? I would say, yeah, Adam hit it on the head. It, it really is league dependent there, right? Could you get a singular player, right? And and I'm not talking Chase or Jefferson. Right. Or, realistic. Or, or Bijan, realistic that, you know, but I'm talking like a realistic player. So if you think like I'm a big Chris Olave fan, that's kind mm-hmm. of a guy that goes in the third round of startups, right? Right. Good young wide receiver. In most leagues, if you told me, like, Mike, you need to go from Herbert to Cousins and Chris Olave, no matter how much I love Olave and the community loves Olave, yeah. nah, I'm good, man. I'm going to hold on to my Herbert. But there are certain scenarios. Like Adam said, start nine, absolutely not. Start mm-hmm. 10, no. Start 11, no. Start 12, start 13, start 14, some of We're these league that. types, you start to consider it. And I will say when you factor in best ball, and like Adam, if I told you it was a start 13 best ball, there's going to be a part of you who goes, for one year? Yeah, I think I could get mm. by with that. I mm. think I could do that. Because then you also think, at least how Adam and I do it, and how the community, we, we keep trying to get the community, the people who listen to us, to also think this way is, is, is I'm not getting a lave just to, like, I'm going to plug him right into my lineup. I'm also then thinking about, like, what could I tear down a lave to? And especially in best ball leagues, I'm going, man, maybe I can get a Chris Godwin plus. Maybe I can get a, you know, Christian Kirk plus on top of my 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 Chris Olave. So mm-hmm. I've already taken Justin Herbert. Now I've turned him into four, maybe five pieces, some of them being right. draft capital, some of them players that have the opportunity to make my lineup in best ball. In deeper starting lineups, you can also put a lot of those best ball principles into play. But, you know, a lot of these leagues, when we get questions where it's like, should I tear down from this guy to this guy in a start nine? It's like, no, man, no. Like you have the studs, keep the studs. There's not a lot of studs that you want to tear down from and start nine. So the tear down kind of goes out the window. There's a possibility for it, but the bigger, deeper leagues, you know, 12 team, 14 team, you know, we have some people that play in 16 team leagues. The more and more starters that are in there, the more and more depth you're going to need, the studs start to fade. The studs start to go out the window. So I will say the overall general strategy, the tear down is that Adam's a hundred percent correct, man. When I look at it this year, the one position like I'm terrified to tear down, and I'm the mm. I'm the guy who loves doing it all the over the place. Is going to co- be the quarterback position. Yeah. It's much easier to do it running back, wide receiver, uh, tight end. I know Travis Kelsey is is such an elite producer, but you gotta you gotta always have to ask yourself every single year. It's going to be from here until Travis Kelsey actually retires. Is like, is this the year? Is this the year? Is this the year? Yep. One of those years, you're going to be right. And I don't want to be the guy on the other end of the spectrum betting that I'm, you know, oh, there's no way he falls off this year and then be left holding right. the bag. You know what I mean? There are a lot of uh, similar principles in terms of tearing down at quarterback and tight end because it gets so damn murky. So, so like, uh, you know, high enough in the rankings where you're like, oh, 
shit, I'm kind of lost now. I, I had an asset I was starting every week. I had a difference maker at a spot that, you know, aren't there aren't a ton of difference makers. And now, you know, you turn down. And the, the league side, the league size is so important because if you're going from, you know, in, in a start 13, the DJ Sharks of the world, those guys are super valuable. And if you can go from, like the example we keep using, Herbert to Cousins, but you can get a Chris Olave into one of those spots where most of the league is scratching for this week's boom play in a lineup league or in best ball, they're just crossing their fingers that this is the week they can get that production. Now you just all of a sudden the, the, the accumulation of fantasy points on a given week goes up and you're trying to raise your floor because that gets you in the playoffs. The more wins you get in a given season, you're in the playoffs, you're in the big dance. Uh, so, yeah, league sides is super important for teardown. I think that's a, a great thing to bring yeah. up. I'm glad you guys did. Yeah, and, and to, to give you an idea to think about it kind of simply, right? If you think about a start nine league, okay, and we're going to stick with lineup for a second. So in lineup start nine, right, essentially, like, I don't know exactly how they're all formed, but typically you're going to get two running backs, two receivers, a tight end, a flex, a super flex, and a quarterback, right? So that's your nine. Mm-hmm. When, you, when you take quarterback and super flex out of the equation, there's seven spots left. Like we all know the elite quarterbacks are going to outscore and they're going to uh, score the most points by far. Yeah. So essentially in a start nine, you have seven spots of skill players now where you have to try to juice that position up to catch up to the elite quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. So if you think about it from that perspective, if you have two studs, like if you have Hurts and Mahomes, if you have Herbert, Allen, like if, you, if you're able to get two of those now, like you don't necessarily need to gash everybody at the other seven spots. You're just looking to make sure they don't catch up to you too fast. Mm-hmm. That's why in, in start nine, start 10, these shallow leagues, the quarterback value is so damn high and why it's so important when you construct your roster. Now, to your point, when you start getting into start 12, 13, 14, all of a sudden, if you can start getting Alaves, Garrett Wilson, mm. if you get these type into flex spots, you can catch up. You actually have a chance to catch that quarterback value because now instead of only having seven, like in a start 13, you have 11 spots where you can catch them at the skills, right. skill players. So if you can actually accumulate enough depth to where maybe your quarterbacks aren't Mahomes and you know Allen or Herbert or one of these, but if you have Cousins and you have, you know, let's say, Derek Carr even. Like if they actually score in that, that is white red right there. That is the the most boring thing you could pick. Exactly. Nobody's gonna want to see that, and no one's gonna say in a start nine they're afraid of that. But if it's start thirteen, start fourteen, and those yeah. are your two, they're not sexy, but they're just keeping you enough in that race. But if you're sitting at elite wide receivers, you know you got Chase and CD Lamb, and then you got Olave Wilson. If you have a stack team like that, you got a warp killer tight end. You know Travis Kelsey. All of a sudden, mm-hmm. the gap is closed very quickly at the quarterback edge that someone that has the elite studs yeah no doubt about that i have a question for both of you and this might be a dumb dumb question and if it is tell me it's a dumb dumb question but i've always thought of this and i wanted to ask you while i got you here on the game plan hopefully someone watching this or listening to this can relate to my idiocracy but can you tear down if you're a contender is that smart process 100 percent. absolutely man yeah absolutely and honestly I'll let Mike uh, kind of go, but I think this is where 4D chess can really be played correctly. Mm-hmm. So we had a, a good episode. Now, this was a best ball league, but I've done this in deep lineup leagues. I've done this in lineup leagues all over the place yep. where you can do it as a contender, right? I have a team or a squad that I assembled heading in. I mean, we're talking, I think I did these deals in June or July where I'm looking at it and going, man, Jonathan Taylor's fantastic. And of course, any contender is going to want him on his team. Now, he didn't have a great year. Obviously, we, we know that. But 
he's fantastic, man. This is the RB1. He's young. Let me have him on my team. I ended up moving, tearing down for like Josh Jacobs and some other pieces that were thrown into it. Mm-hmm. And lo and behold, like what happens? Josh Jacobs outproduces crazy. Jonathan Taylor. Yeah. Plus, I have all the extras of the pieces that I acquired. Like I did a one for three or a one for four deal. Mm. And I'm getting back pieces like Jacoby Myers. And oh. it doesn't even matter if I hit on some of these. Like if I hit on two or three of them, I'm way ahead in money. I'm way ahead mm. in in how I'm set up for this year. The problem with investing so much into one player. And this is why it hurts me when we specifically when we talk about quarterbacks, my reluctance to tear down is because you have so much invested into one guy. You have all the risk if they have a bad year, if they get hurt, if they have an off the field situation Mm -hmm. that jeopardizes their future or takes them away. You de-risk yourself every time you tear down, every time you take that one asset and you break it up into multiple pieces, you have de-risked yourself. I mean, if you really... We, we talked about it at the open show when you asked kind of what the strategy was. I like to think of it like a stock market, like value. Yeah. And I could have one stock that's worth $500, right, Maddie? And that, that stock could go up. It could go down. It looks good. It's the most valuable stock mm-hmm. on the market right now. But if someone were to come along and say, hey, I'll give, you, I'll give you five stocks worth $100, and they have some of the same odds to go up or to go down, I'm going to play that from a money perspective all the time. Like you're going to give me five chances. I'll break my 500 up into five $100 stocks. And if one of them gets close to $500, hell I've broken even. If two of them done, I'm I'm money ahead. We're playing with house money. So let's go. And if three or four of them done, holy shit, like look what I've done. So I, even on contenders, Maddie, I always tear down. Like I would say on contenders, I especially tear down like it's it's almost influx on rebuilders i want to be holding the assets that are ascending in value that people hold a high praise for that people go ballistic for where like a a good one would be anthony richardson this year we've discussed him at nauseum about what he's like as a prospect but it doesn't really matter it's what the community is going to value him at and anthony richardson could be a horrible quarterback in the long run but if he comes out in the preseason and breaks off an 80 yard touchdown run people are going to want to buy anthony richardson all right in comparison to a guy that people also have question marks at quarterback will levis it doesn't there's not a lot of wow plays will levis can do that are going to change people's mind in one go but anthony mm-hmm. richardson has that it factor about him so when i think about when i'm rebuilding i'm a little bit less uh, less likely to tear down out of those type of assets because I, I want to keep a pulse on the community. I want to keep a pulse on the value market and I want to stay with assets that people are going to value. Really, I'm not going to say no matter what, but even if something like slightly bad happens to them, you know the kind of guys that mm-hmm. retain value no matter what. Like they just, if Mahomes comes out and has a bad year next year, do you think he's not going to be a top two or three quarterback in Dynasty? Not after just one year. So, those are the kind of assets I kind of want to keep, but in uh, in contending pieces, it's it's completely flipped, man. I'm 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 willing to tear down off of all those guys because I'm just looking for production. I'm looking for one year, try to maximize the the amount of darts I have at, at pulling home a championship. You guys are great podcasters, but would you mind uh, taking up another occupation, which would be therapist in fantasy? Because I've always been that meathead that's you know more more foot in the gas build around him burn it down fuck my prospects i want to win and when i started you know getting more hip to this this way of thinking it's super beneficial 
spot because I have my history, my past. I, I it gets starts messing with my head. I get a little scared, a little sad, a little weird, like weirded out. So, if you guys don't mind, I give you a call and come sit down on the couch and walk myself through the anxiety that I'm having because I'm tearing down as a contender, something I'm not used to. But it is smart practice because you have that flexibility. You go from one stock at 500. The five stocks at 100, perfect way to say it. Now you can sell two, make profits on that three. Now you're playing it. You're, you're liquid, right? That's the term. Again, yep. I'm not smart. So liquid. help me out, yeah. boys. No, Get liquid. That liquid. You're liquid. Yeah, I'm but, liquid. But, I'm, I'm dripping you know right now. You're dripping, man. And you know what's crazy? <laughs> we'll, we'll, uh, I don't know if you saw. You go back and watch on our YouTube. We had Mike. You know, We were doing yeah, yeah. a podcast of the same Mike. So he pulled over the couch. You know, the It looked like a casting couch, they were calling it. We'll pull it over. We'll get you on the couch. We'll, <laughs> yeah, we'll be you. the therapist for okay. you, you know? Yeah. But here, think of it like this, too. And I think this honestly becomes one of the hardest things for anybody to do, even if you have the mindset of, I want to tear down, right? So I'll give you some ideas on like this last season because obviously it's it's still a little fresh in people's mind what was happening and why it would be hard. So like if you had Josh Jacobs, let's say, like you're watching him help you win weeks. Yes. And you're saying to yeah. yourself, he's a warp advantage. Now, warp uh, wins over replacement player. Mm-hmm. Basically, that's telling you that that player versus the rest of the position in, in your league is giving you an edge to help you win versus the other players you could put in. So what's hard to do is say, Josh Jacobs is smashing, sell him right now. Um, at, at the receiver position early in the year, you're mm-hmm. probably going to say the same exact thing. Cooper Cup was on a tear that was just outrageous. Like he was on pace to just win, win people leagues. Think about it this way, though. Okay, especially with these type assets. Cooper Cup, for example. Like he's, he's smashing so hard in points per game. But what's the reality of that? Like Mike used the stock mark. I think this is a good one. Like essentially, Cooper Cup is a blue chip stock that really has no chance to go any higher than 500. Like it might crawl up. You might be at 520, 530, 540, but like it's that's the reality of that asset. Mm-hmm. The difference between the regular stock market and this asset is if something bad happened, like if, if in this blue chip asset, like if someone came out and said, you know, Starbucks has all this crazy like criminal activity going on, they're going to have to go bankrupt. Like think of it that way about if when Cooper Cup gets hurt, like that stock is going to nosedive. And by the time you realize it, you can't get out of it. You can, but you're going to get out for a hundred dollars or something. Like you're going to lose your ass. You're going to bleed a little bit. Now think about it in the teardown, right? You're going to bleed quite a bit. And then you're going to be like, here's the problem in contending. We just talked about this. Everybody wants points. They don't want to wait for Cooper Cup, and he's old. So now you can't trade him to anybody. Literally, right. like you're having a hard time moving him. Think about if you go to the tear down approach, though. Like if you told someone in Week Four, Cooper Cup for Devonte Smith, who everyone's freaking out about, zero targets in Week One, and then even in Week Four he had like 17 yards. Devonte Smith in a 23 first. People are laughing at you. What are you doing? You're an idiot. Well, guess what? Those stocks that you bought, 23 first went up in value. Devontae Smith was actually not only a very good warp player in the back half, but ascended. So not only did you get out it, like you probably could get more, but the point is those stocks can also rise and you can mm-hmm. trade them again. So this is a evolving door. It's not just a one-time thing. I think that's the other thing. If you think about it as over and over and over again, like what you had versus what you can be sitting on is so different. Right. Absolutely. And at, at the end of the day, being able to, tear down it might be hard in the moment you talk about josh jacobs cooper cup but it, we don't sometimes i think we lose focus of how long the season is 
and what can happen. And a five-week sample size can look like the end of the world. And then week six on, you're smashing. You're laughing to the bank. And I got to be honest, I'm, I'm guilty. I've probably been that guy laughing. What are you doing trading Cooper Cup? What are you tearing down like that? But why? And I would be like, oh, egg on my face. You know, put my, put my mouth next time because I was dead ass wrong. And the thing about first rounders, they're, such, they're, they're a safe asset, in my opinion, during the season because the roller coaster only goes up. The perception of it going down can happen in a given week. You know, they, oh, this, this class sucks, blah, 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 blah. But when the combine comes, that, that value goes up. I don't care if it's a 111. It goes up. All of a sudden, someone's going to fall in love with that draft spot. Someone's going to want that ticket, that fun coupon. So getting those throughout the season, all of a sudden, again, you're the whale at the casino, baby. You're balling out. So next, I got I got some rapid fire questions, uh, uh, some fun tear down questions. Rapid fire. First one: Can you do a double tear down? I know you've kind of already alluded to this, but let's coin the phrase the double tear down. Hundred percent. That's the four D tear down right there. We love that's that. That's the four D tear down. I'm not shocked that the the Maddie double tap wants the double tear down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Okay. Let's That'll do bring it. it in. Yeah. Let's do it, man. The double tear down. Mike, okay. talk to him about the double tear down, man. Do it all the time, man. All day. That's all the time. I alluded to it a little bit earlier, but one of the best ways is, you know, if you think about a traditional startup draft, uh, however you're doing it, I'll take an asset or we'll be in the draft. You know, I'll go from my first rounder to a, let's say I get a third and the appropriate plus on top. And then when we get to the third round, I'm taking that pick that I just got the first tier down and now I'm going to like a fifth and a seventh and a ninth. Right. And I just keep accruing assets as I keep going down. Right. I have a range that I want to stay in, but I want, you know, all the picks possible that I can get in this specific range. Mm-hmm. And I just cut out the top part. So I say like rounds one through three, I'm good. I do the same thing outside of a startup in existing leagues, but I just put the startup player round the names to the players, right? So if Josh Allen's, you know, a first round guy, I kind of have a value of what would I tear down if I was in a startup draft right now and somebody wanted my Josh Allen, what would it take? Probably not the best example because we talked about quarterbacks and how I'm hoarding the piss yeah. out of them. But, you know, like a Jamar Chase or <laughs> CeeDee Lamb. CeeDee Lamb's a first round startup pick right now. Yep. What would it take for me to trade out of the 111 in a startup? Okay. You give me your third and you give me your fifth. Cool. We get to the third round, I take your third, and all of a sudden I'm getting a, you know, getting another fifth and I'm getting a seventh. Right. And I keep this trend going and I go down to like round nine-ish. That's kind of where I want to I want to keep as many of these assets in these range because I think they're safe enough stocks or they have value ascension or they, they have the possibility of going up. You start getting too far outside of them. Those are just kind of the guys that I want to throw in. Right? Just toss them in the deal. Mm-hmm. We'll see what happens. You know, they're kind of like third round draft picks. They're nice to have a bunch of them, but they really don't mean shit. So, so just yeah, kind of yeah. toss them in. If I hit on it, great. Or at least it's an asset. Maybe somebody will be interested down the road. But yes, the double tear down, hundred percent. That's the four D move that I love to do all the time. So we got the four D tear down, the double tear down, or what I'm gonna I'm gonna throw it off you guys. You guys can take it if you want it. The Jonathan Gannon because you're pew 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 shots <laughs> explosive pew, shots. Pew, 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 I shots. love this man. Taking shots, this. you're tearing down. And taking more shots at I like to call it the shotgun approach. You want that spread, you want to take your shots. And you know, third round picks, they don't mean a whole lot, but at, the, at your rookie draft, when you look at the guy who has six of them, you're like, fuck, I kind of want exactly want those third round picks yeah, right man. now. Okay. Yeah. And you, you can even sometimes do it like especially league dependent. We talk about this, right? Mm-hmm. In best ball, um, if you're looking at your team and you're like, Man, I like it, but I don't have enough depth, especially in best ball, like that will probably come back to bite you. And you we just that, talked yeah. about it. 
maybe early in the year you're killing. Like we actually had a guy we told him like you're, there's no way this this depth is not good enough. Early in the year when he had avoided injuries for I don't know seven eight nine weeks. Jeez, lucky. He's, he's killing it. He's but he's killing it because it's like oh yeah. my gosh all these warp guys. He doesn't even need the depth. But then all of a sudden, unless you are the luckiest son of a gun ever, what's going to happen? An injury two. Now oh, if you yeah. don't have enough depth, one or two injuries and it's like this team is catastrophically. Like, it's battleship, man, and it's sinking. You know, you're in trouble. Mm -hmm. So in best ball, like, let's say you want to do it in one shot. Like, I'm not really into getting out of, like, Jefferson and Chase if I have to go too far down the board. Um, but in best ball, like, if you're telling me I can get Amon Ross St. Brown, Brandon Ayuk, and a first, right? Like, right. That That's a move as much as I love those guys. In best ball, I'm getting two shots in assets right now, and I'm also getting liquid with a first. So you mm. have so many different ways that could play out. Are you getting the single warp advantage of Justin Jefferson? Probably not. But at the same time, yeah. Amon Ra might be able to provide that. Maybe not the same, but close. Brandon Ayuk's a whole other player. And then you're liquid if any one of those guys get hurt. Where Jefferson and Chase, they can trade hurt, but you don't have any points in your lineup if they do get hurt. Right. And if you trade when they're hurt, you know, you're not getting the, the return that you need. So you kind of have to have the cojones to do it when they're on top of the mountain because we're on the bottom of the mountain. You're just really not getting shit. So last question in the rapid fire part of this segment before we wrap on moving to the, the big dog segment. All right, we're tearing down, okay? But we're not doing a big tear down. This is a, you know, we're going to go from, I don't know, DK Metcalf, and we're going to tear down to uh, Devontae Smith plus. So you're only getting two assets back. Do you prefer two players or a player in a pick? I My preference, I'll tell you my preference, honestly, mm -hmm is what my league mate wants to send me. As long as it's not okay. you're sending me some crusty, like, trash player, you know? Yeah. My, my preference is what they view lighter and that fits what I know I need to cash out at. Um, like, two players, that's great because they can score, but now all of a sudden you have an asset that can that can be devalued by one mm -hmm. play, one injury, one bad performance, where the pick's liquid. I, I'm, I'm perfectly fine either way. I guess in, in a perfect world, I'd probably rather have the pick, but it also depends on league. Like, there's some leagues where – in the moment, nobody wants to take picks, and you're going to hold them until it's way too late. So I guess it, it kind of depends on the league and what the player that I'm trading with wants. But I like not... to. Oh, go ahead, Mike. Go ahead. I was going to say I like to think a little bit of farther ahead. So it mm -hmm. it is dependent on what it is, like what my options are, Maddie. I would say, uh, in general, I'm probably going to lean the pick, right? Mm -hmm. Just kind of like Adam alluded to, and you alluded to earlier. It it doesn't go down in value. It always it always goes up, even mm -hmm. if it's a late pick. It always goes up, and there's. You roll the chance every single time, man. I don't care who you're trading with. And even even if you're trading with me and Adam, sometimes we get too overambitious and we're like, man, that's going to be a late pick in 2023. And then bad stuff happens to our teams. And all of a sudden it's like, I need to go get my pick back because it's probably going to be the 102 or the 103. Right. Like, I didn't foresee this coming. So I will say I generally lean the pick, but my first instinct is what's worth more at the time, right? Because – there are definitely players that you can add to a plus that will be worth more than a generic first, right? Just mm -hmm. a random first at the time. And there's going to be more opportunity at times to move those players, right? If it's a young, youthful piece that's hot and, you know, everybody seems to really enjoy this, this player and, you know, they're out there acquiring them. Yeah. Toss him in. I'll take him because then I'm going to take him and, and move him in a trade. And I might get more than a, you know, a pick, a draft pick back, a first back or whatever it may be. So it is dependent, but I will say, if you have two of equal, you tell me that the player's worth a first and the first is worth a first, I'm taking the first. Well, and yeah. I think the, the piggyback on that one last point, and this is a little deeper dive, 
But the reality too is this is where I love to know my league. So like we we had um you know one of our shows we do with just patrons the Savage Semester we kind of had a back and forth heated debate with Jamison Williams and honestly I like those because it gets people to say why and there's a lot of passionate reasoning for this. So like Jamison Williams, whatever he did in his rookie year and wasn't much, a lot of that was baked into the injury and people are basically willing to write it off and accept it. So mm -hmm. there's up and down views on that. But if I know in my league, Jamison Williams is a guy people want and they're going to pay me at least a late first, maybe more. Okay. If that's the piece instead of a pick, I know that I can move Jamison Williams for more later. Those are the type of little edges I think that can help net you more value over the long haul. But like Mike said, overall, like in, in a theme, I'd, I'd rather have the pick just because it doesn't go down in value, especially first round picks. If they're right. if you think it's a late and it can, has any chance to go higher, that's that's massive value win. And so you could take it either way. Also, you probably want to be honest with yourself and really evaluate your squad. If you're a pretender, you know maybe that pick is more important. But if you are a bona fide contender and you feel it that this team can make a deep run, maybe you would side with the the uh, the player over the pick. Uh, basically, though, you want to avoid the derelict offers. If you guys ever seen Zoolander, the derelict line was when Mugatu took a whole bunch of garbage and told everyone it was fashionable. It was good. And I hate that in the league where they're just taking a bunch of their crap and trying to sell it to you. Like it's some gold mine. Like it's nice. Stay away from those offers, but tear down and get a whole lot of value. Uh, any last minute thoughts on tearing down before we move on? I'm dying that we got a Zoolander reference. I, I love, <laughs> I that, love Zoolander. I, it's funny. Cause I, I just, I just so watched before we came on here. I just watched a trade go down and I, and that fits it perfectly. It's like, it's a four for one deal, but man, you got sold a bag of shit, man. You got <laughs> you you the teardown went terribly. I'll just tell you, I'm not gonna you know name and shame, but the AJ Brown teardown experience for this manager was not the right one. <laughs> Yikes. Yikes. Yeah, so stay away from the derelict offers and, <laughs> and and go ahead and get yourself a whole lot of good. You want the you want that good good. And one, I will just add you know one last thing to the tearing down that I mean, maybe it's like an unsaid kind of principle of it it's remember time uh -huh. you know sometimes when we're breaking down trades when we're in the moment it's tough to re like remember the time part of it you get those three assets over time you can flip two of them maybe you keep all three maybe you flip all three but that time that patience can allow you to do a whole lot of things and like you said extract value so that's going to wrap up the first segment where we're talking about tearing down now we're going to have a whole lot of fun breaking down a roster. But before we do, I got to talk to my listeners about the Dynasty Dominator app. It has a lifetime value lookup tool, the trade analyzer that you can get at playprofile.com and the player comparison tool. But the best part about the app, you might be on the go. Maybe we're at the Fantasy Expo, you know, doing our thing, having some fun. And we're like, oh, my man just sent me a trade in, in, in one of my leagues. I, got, I can't look this up. I'm not by my computer. Well, it's, it, you got the trade analyzer, and it's a true mobile app on top of that. You can use it for Apple or Android, so no matter what service provider, no matter what you have, you can look up the trade value, the lifetime value points, and we also now have the projected values for the 2023 rookie picks as well as the 2023 rookie class. So you can get that app, go over to Google Play, Apple iStore, whatever it is, download it, and I will put the link in the description. So boys are you ready to dive into this roster always you know, do some oh, tips yeah. always oh, yeah. always 
I like I like real actionable stuff. You know, let's do it. Yes, man. yes. Let's walk this through. So this is actually a roster that I took from the TGIF, the Trade God Invitational that we started this year. I put it out to the league. I said, "Hey, I got some very special guests on tonight. Who wants to have their roster broken down?" And you know, we had a few people raise their hands because, and they didn't even know it was you guys. If they knew it was you guys, I bet every single one of them <laughs> would have said, on. "Let's go." I want to hear it. But we got something in store, so we are going to break down this roster right now. Let me go ahead and pull it up. Here we go. Boom. So in this team, it's pretty good. Not too bad. But so the first question I got to ask you guys, is this team a contender or a pretender? It's a good question. I would say this too. Uh, the first thing I, I notice in before I get to all the stuff, like I always, one of my first questions is always like settings, right? So when I look at picks, right, I'm seeing 112, 114. I already know this is 14 team league. Like, mm-hmm. I don't even have to ask anybody. 14 team league. Okay. So you kind of talk about what we did earlier. Like, so teams now become a big thing. It spreads more starters into the league. So on this type of a team in 14 team, depth is a big thing. The other issue is with scarcity in 14 team, quarterback is king. It's always mm-hmm. king in 12 team and higher. But in 14 team, it becomes a big deal. So Trey Lance, Mike and I still love him. Um, I think he's going to be the starter in San Francisco, given all the Brock Purdy injuries and things but Trey Lance at your starting quarterback not really the most optimal if we're being honest right Mm -hmm. Mac Jones and Matthew Stafford like could it work at quarterback too maybe but it's not a warp advantage so I think what the first thing I'm looking at in 14 team is my quarterback situation and I'm assuming this is a lineup league right yes this is a lineup yeah so if we're setting lineups and we're starting 10 players like I immediately my first thing that I'm thinking is like I don't love the quarterback position I'm not going to say it's not a contender because I see some picks here that are nice. But at the same time, like my first thought is like this team may not be ready to go right now. Okay. Man, you're nice. You're nice. You're such a sweetheart, Adam. I love you, buddy. <laughs> uh, this team's a pretender, man. If this is my team, being honest, man, I'm selling. Selling the farm. You got to sell. Yeah, It's going. I'm selling yeah. the whole thing. Okay. I, I, don't, I don't. I wouldn't feel good about this at all. I mean, could you? Yeah. I mean, we've all seen dumpster teams make it into the of course semifinals or the finals, and you're like, how the hell did this? This is the luckiest guy I've ever seen. But for me, man, I want to, as much certainty as possible, even in a lineup league. There is a lot of variance that you can play. But, I mean, when I look at it, Adam touched on the point. If, if Trey Lance, Matt Stafford, Mac Jones are my quarterbacks and 14 team, I'm doing better than a lot of people, right? Because I for have sure. three guys that are – will have a job and and be playing football next year. Some teams may only have two. Some teams may only have one. But having three is nice. But I don't think any of these guys, like, move the needle too much. Trey Lance is a projection that we're hoping. We're hoping Matt Stafford comes back and becomes Matt Stafford of two years ago and not Matt Stafford of last year because that was horrible. And Mac Jones, while I like Mac Jones, it's like, mm, oh, man. You're not feeling all warm and fuzzy after watching him play football last year. Like, he didn't move the needle at mm-hmm. all at the quarterback position. The running backs, I mean, Ramondre is nice, kind of been a sell for me, but Javante, me Javante, when's he going to play? Like, how long is he going to be out? How long is it going to take him to come back from that knee injury? I love the player, absolutely love him, but that knee injury is scary. Cooper mm-hmm. Cup. Again, I think Cooper Cup's probably fine. Uh, I think Cooper Cup's kind of fallen to that point where if you're a contender, like going out and seeing what the price is on Cooper Cup's a very smart thing to do because people may be very down on him. I think he can have a, a good year, but, I mean, we're talking age cliff. has got to be coming at some point. Tyler Lockett, kind of the same thing. Mike yeah. Evans, we we saw bad Mike Evans. And uh, what's Mike Evans with Kyle Trask or 
Blaine Gabbard or whoever they bring in at quarterback. Kyle Pitts, fantastic asset, but this is when we talk about the teardown. This is an asset that probably just about everybody wants, and this is going to be your most valuable player on this team. So that was be the guy that I start kicking yep. off deals with and seeing what people will give me. Having draft picks is very nice, um, especially in this class because of how deep it is. But when I look at the roster, man, uh, I think it's a pretender, and it's definitely something that I'd be looking to uh, to start tearing down off of to to start moving pieces because I wouldn't feel good about taking this into 2023 as it is, even adding these rookie picks in. Well, I think I think uh, Mike. Sorry, Matty, real quick, just to say, Mike hit on a point. Like Kyle Pitts is definitely when you talk tear down. Like this is the one at this time, February, that would be the one I would explore if I wanted to tear down on this team. Mm-hmm. There's not a bunch of guys on this team that I say, yeah, let's tear this guy down. Like, truthfully, this is a team that, if anything, would be more on tearing up and if it, you can get it done light. I would say this, though. Like, Mike's correct. If you told me this team and we're moving forward and it's, you know, August, September, this is my team, I'm telling you, yeah, you're probably not a contender. But one thing I will say, given all the liquidity, and I know we're saying 112, 114, 201, 202, whatever, but he's got 224s mm-hmm. and he's got – Four picks, you know, very high. Top 16 picks. Like, in this class, you add those four to this. Now, I still don't think it's the best team. But my point is, in February, I'm not going to say this is a pretender just yet because there's picks here you can move. There's players here you can move. And by the time, if you have this and you just took this team on, and Mike and I, I can say we know this from experience, this team is not going to be the team we have come September when we just take it on. So that's why I don't want to call... Like, I don't want to make my call yet. I don't want to push all the chips in or, or pull them all back just yet. I want to make some moves. And then I want to see, before the season starts, let's look at it then. Right now, if this is the team you have in September, it's not a, it's, it's not a fucking contender. I'm sorry. It's just right. not. But the okay. reality is I think you have assets that you can make moves with where you don't have to say I'm selling everything just yet. I think that's the biggest way I could put that. Before I kind of give my half a cent, I do. I probably should have said this at the top, but it is a 14-team PPR Superflex. Obviously, you see the lineup. Six-point passing touchdown, 0.75 TEP. And for you know, obviously, you can see the roster, but it's start 10. So I want to get that out of the way. I don't have. I don't really disagree with what you guys are saying uh, on the surface. I would say, you know, I do also have a little bit uh, context that you guys don't have because I'm in this league, so I see what the other teams look like. On paper, at first glance, this team is probably a a playoff contender. I wouldn't say a championship contender, but it's definitely a playoff team uh, that he could do. Now, what I would say to add, I think this type of roster can be uber frightening because I think you have to make the decision in the offseason what you're going to do. I don't think you truly have the luxury of the first four or five weeks because mm-hmm. if things go wrong when the season's here, I don't know if you know another Cooper Cup injury or Tyler Lockett goes down or Ramondre goes. You know the Patriots go back to what they do at the running back position, and Ramondre doesn't look like he did in 2022. Now it's you're kind of just stuck. You're not. You really have a whole lot to sell or tear it down at that point. So I think now is the time where, like you said, take some of these picks, really start bolstering the lineup, or start looking to kind of sell off some pieces. Uh, you could gamble, and let's say Cooper Cup does exactly what he did last year. You you want to tear down at that point, but again, you're not really you're kind of you're, it's a super gamble. We don't know how it's going to play yeah. out. So I would say that if this was my roster, you know, you got to make that decision. Uh, but one strategy here that I do 
think can work uh, when we talk about the human perspective, when we talk about kind of the human element of fantasy, a viable strategy, in my opinion, is getting a grouping of picks. You know, we see at the beginning of the second and the end of the first. When team builders see that this guy is going to make four out of five picks, I think you're going to start seeing some cold sweats because they're going to start looking further down that list. Am I going to get my target? I'm not, and at, I think at your rookie draft, if you have these four picks, you should tear down like a motherfucker. You should take that, you know, someone who's salivating over the 112 because their guy, let's say, I don't know who it could be. Let's just say Jaden Reed, you know, goes through the process and now he's a back end of the first round guy and that's someone's guy that they want. They're looking, I don't know if I can survive four picks. So you could take that 112, get the, maybe the 205, and then a 2024 second. Whatever it is, but you could start really kind of monopolizing that back end of the first round, the back two picks of the first round, and then that early part of the second. Because, like you said, this class is certainly deep. You mentioned Kyle Pitts. I wanted to ask you guys point blank, Perry, what is the teardown candidate? You guys said it's Kyle Pitts. So let's say, what are you trying to do with Kyle Pitts? You're going to do that Dallas Goddard plus, or are you trying to go mm-hmm. even lower to get a grouping of assets. Look, look, before before we get to that, because I do I do want to touch on that. I think it's a great question here. I, I think there's two two things I wanted to say about what you kind of touched on that I wanted to say and forgot. Two things. One, 14 team leagues. Mike and I play in them. We both admit like it's not our preferred choice because it's the, the quarterback scarcity. And mm-hmm. here's the thing in 14 team, because most people don't have enough depth. What happens is these teams you assume are great can fall in a hurry. That's another reason why I don't want to just tell a team that it's dead is because two or three of the best contenders in the start of the season might be out of it. And then you're like, I have picks in 24 mm-hmm. and I can go, you know, maybe maybe this team's actually in the playoff hunt. Second thing is you have names blocked off. This was one of the first things I saw too. When you see 112 not blocked off. So his pick is 112. So this is a guy that was just short of making the title game. When I look at 24 now, he's got two picks, which I love. But he doesn't have his own. These are somebody else's first. And one mm. of the things I would suggest, because of the Mike and I both say similar thoughts, like we're we're agreeing. I think Maddie, you are too. The reality, though, on this team is it could go different ways. I want to get my twenty-four first pick back, so that if it goes wrong or I decide I want to rebuild, mm. I can control that pick becoming early. I think that's one of the one of the first moves I'd like to make is do that. To your Kyle Pitts point, I think I, I think in this. Given the format, 14-team, 0.75 tight end premium, like Kyle Pitts is one of these guys I think people are going to pay up for. I'm probably just putting him on the block and kind of seeing what I can get. Would I be able to? Would I be willing to go to a Dallas Goddard and pick up a first or a, a legit piece? Sure. Mm-hmm. But I bet you if you put Kyle Pitts on this block and there's teams that think they can contend, you might be surprised that you'll either not even get a true tight end back and just liquidate him or – You'll go down even a little further at tight end. Let's say even Trey McBride, but you're netting, you know, two first or another legit player. I don't think it has to look a specific way, but I do think in this format and given his team, like Kyle Pitts just is the one that screams one trade him this time of year. You look at the rest of his team. No one wants to buy Cooper Cup right now, probably. Like Mike said, if anything, you should be exploring buying Cooper Cup if you're a strong contender right now. Mm-hmm. None of these other pieces really scream like tear this player down. In February, I think for me, uh, Kyle Pitts. I don't know if I'm actively looking for another tight end back, Maddie, because the direction I want to go with the roster is just I'm ripping this whole thing down. This, the way it stands right now, the reason, like, I don't want to sound arrogant or anything about it, but the way I examine how I look at the roster is the 112 and the 114 
are going to be starters for this team. Now think about it. It's not like we're saying it's the one one and people are going like Bijan's going to start for me next year. No shit. Like he's really good at football. <laughs> no, nah, you know, I don't think I'm going to start Bijan. I'm going to get him, but I think you know I'm going to let mean? him develop on my bench. But like who feels good starting like with all the question marks about like Keishon Boutte confidently here mm-hmm. at almost a March, like going like, man, when I draft Keishon Boutte at the 112, this guy's going to be a starter for me in this league. That doesn't make you feel good at all. I mean, the class is deep, and we're hoping to extract as much value as possible. But the 112, the 114 carry much more dynasty value and probably carry more fantasy potential as far as scoring than Jelani Woods and Noah Fant. And they sure as hell do off of anything off your bench. I mean, when your wide receiver four is LaVisca Chenault, I am petrified. I'm absolutely petrified, especially in the shift that we've had, especially this last year from running backs to wide receivers where everybody values wide receivers and they kind of become the safer, the safer play. It's like I get three old wide receivers and LaVisca Chenault. Like maybe in 2020, the this wide receiver core gave you a little bit of pep. You're like, man, LaVisca, he's going to do it. (laughs) He's going to do it. It's it's coming on, but that ship has kind of sailed. So when I look at it, I'm going, man, I would trade Kyle Pitts away. I mean, I don't know if I'm getting a tight end back. I mean, my preferred thing would be draft picks, uh, especially loading up in 24. And Adam, great pointing out that he doesn't have his own 24 first. Like I would be, I while the roster kind of looks like this, and people go, ah, he, he might be a contender next year, or, or you know, he's got a decent enough squad. While we're having these discussions, this would be the time where I'm trying to get that 24 first back, right? Yeah. Why people still, <laughs> yeah, yeah. people still haven't caught on to the fact that I'm going to be tearing this thing down. But when it comes time to trade Kyle Pitts, like Adam said, I'm putting him on the block. I'm kind of seeing what the offers are. I'm seeing what people will compete for. But ultimately, when we talk tear down. I mean, I probably end up going to a wide receiver, and like one comes to mind in this league is like I would go to like a Jahan Dotson type, uh, maybe a Christian Watson type, something that's farther down the range in the the rookie ascending wide receivers, and then get as much draft capital on top of it as I could. So, you know, I probably if if somebody came to me with a, in these settings, they're like, I'll give you Jahan Dotson or Christian Watson plus two first, you mm-hmm. know maybe one in this year, maybe one in 24, whatever the case is. I'm like, so long, Kyle. I appreciate your service, (laughs) but I got to do what's best for me, man. I got to break this up into multiple pieces. So that's what I do with Kyle Pitts. And I do got to give a little kudos to this team manager uh, because we just had our startup at the beginning of February. So for him to accrue these picks, he has been tearing down in a sense. But there's still some definite work to go. I would advise a team like this. I would, I think trading the 112 and 114 for players now makes sense because I think come the rookie draft, those numbers will look a hell of a lot more appetizing than Keishon Boutte on a questionable situation. Then yep. a Jaden Reed, Nathaniel Dell, all of those players in this range are not going to be as sexy as those numbers that you see now. So I think in that whether it's getting 24 picks, maybe you use the 112 and 114 to get your pick back, something of that nature. I, I think this is the, the time to do that. Mike, you kind of alluded to uh, uh, players that you saw fit, uh, guys that you liked in this build. Well, you did a great job segueing to my next question because I was going to ask you guys, what players come to mind? What what do you see as good fits in this type of build? And if this was your roster, what are the names you would be on the hunt for? Mm. 
I like Jahan Dotson. Mentioned him, Christian mm-hmm. Watson. I'm probably going to stay in the wide receiver range. Like I really don't want to invest in running backs with not this, now with this team. No, I'm. I mean, we've saw how how much situations change at running back so quickly. And guys that were hot, I mean, shit, I'm wearing an Antonio Gibson jersey, man. I still love the player, right? But mm-hmm. we can all agree his dynasty value went from me and Adam wrongfully telling people that, oh, yeah, I still go acquire Antonio Gibson for a, you know, a 23 first to now being like, if anybody gave me a 23 first for any Antonio Gibson share, he'd be gone yeah. in a heartbeat. I don't care what it is. I, I want to stay away from the running back types, right? There's very few of those guys that are going to maintain value if bad things happen. And we talked about it on our uh, when we were talking with our patrons doing our patron show this week. Man, when I look at it, Maddie, there's like four, 14. If you if you if you look at the top 14 running backs, like 12 out of the 14 top top 14 running backs. If something bad is to happen to them right now. Like it's done. Like they're, they're done. taking a massive yeah. dump in value. Like yep. either either it's because they're old or they already had question marks. There's very few, man. And we're talking like Brees Hall and, and Kenneth Walker, and then you'll have Bijan Bijan come in. Mm-hmm. Like those are guys that could suffer an injury and then take a little bit of dip and be right back. But everybody else is on the older side. We already had question marks. Like it's done done for them. So I'm gonna stick to wide receivers, man. And it is a 14 team super flex. I'm not going to be opposed to tearing up if it's for the quarterback and it's for one that we know is very stable. So mm. if it's one of those guys in the top eight, I'm all for it. So if this involved like Cal Pitts, uh, maybe moving some draft capital and I kind of consolidate a little bit, I think with the state of the quarterback position, this is the only exception I ever make when I talk about tear down or accruing value. It's to get in that top eight quarterback. Because those are assets that are going to stay there for a while. So if it's a mm-hmm. get in the top eight, you know, a Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, Lamar, um, you can kind of throw Deshaun Watson into that group. And then we know the elite guys, Mahomes, Burrow, Hurts, Josh Allen, right? Justin Herbert, those kind of guys. Yes, 100%. I think I would try to invest in quarterbacks. But this would be quarterbacks or wide receivers for me, Maddie. I don't mm-hmm. really want to add running backs. And and damn tight ends is such a crapshoot. And when you talk about Kyle Pitts being his only asset on the team that's valuable right now, that's pretty much the only tight end in dynasty that has youth and current value. Mm-hmm. So I really don't want to go to any one of those other guys. I'm good. <laughs> yeah. I- just, just real quick, I just want to piggyback on your running back thought. You look at the top 15 running backs on playerprofile.com in our dynasty ranks. There, I see two names that would still maintain value if they got hurt. And that's Kenneth Walker and B. John Robinson. Brees Hall's already out that window. If he gets hurt two years in a row, oh, yeah, his value yeah. will crater. Saquon Barkley, Travis Etienne, DeAndre Swift, McCaffrey, Eckler, Jacobs, Harris, Pollard, Rashad White, Chubb. Those guys have an injury now or in the OTAs or in the preseason. <whistles> Later value, gonzo. Mm-hmm. So buying players now, I think the safest bet is to look quarterback, receiver, or a tight end, maybe, because but that's a crapshoot in of itself. But Adam, put your put these shoes on. You know, yeah, go well, a mile in your shoes. A, what are you doing with this team? I've got a lot of time to think recently, and th- th- there's some things kind of stewing. And I, I think, well, let me say this: you're you're in the league, Maddie. Um, one, do we know what the lock on all these players means, and what the key on the two running backs means at all? Uh, so we, th- it's been a very fun active league, and I've seen this now with multiple teams. I think the locks indicate. I don't. I don't know because okay. people I, put locks I also on see their name lock, and then they're traded. And then I also see lock it on uh, Tyler Lockett. Like I'm just, I, I'm just looking at things like you know 
what what is happening here? I, I Look, I'm in the league, and this is one of those. <laughs> I'm not sure. Here. All right, cool. Because so, like, like I said, dudes with the locks are then traded, and then yeah. guys with the keys. That mean they could be. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. That's okay. So that's a good question. Okay, and then secondly, like. I want, I want to say a piece. In 14-team, now I agree with Mike. If you find in 14-team that you can underpay, let's say, for a quarterback with what I have going on here, I mean, my goodness. Like, just stop. Whatever your whatever your your plans and thoughts were, just remove them and get one of the stud young quarterbacks yeah. if you can do it, sure. Here's the thing, though. I think the reality in 14-team, and I don't know if you can speak to this, Maddie, and how this league dynamics are, like, that doesn't exist. And if anything, you have to pay so far through the nose that I'm just like, okay, you get, let's say, whoever that is. This team we already don't like, now what? Like, as much as I want that player, I think that's the only problem is, like, how, how do quarterbacks trade in this? Do, can you uh, kind of speak to that point? Uh, okay, so people have put quarterbacks on the board, but the names that have actually moved, we're talking like Bailey Zappi. Matthew yes. Stafford was right. traded. <laughs> I, someone put Mahomes on the block and I emptied the chamber and he basically told me to go fuck myself. So sure. It, and and it, why it, wouldn't it, they, right? Of like course, in, of course. In, in 14-team, I just don't think... Now, to Mike's point, I fully agree. If you find a scenario where it's like, holy shit, I'm buying a top 12, top 8 quarterback and mm -hmm. I'm not paying all my assets, I mean, that's first and foremost where you should start, period, in 14-team league. My thought with this team is this, right? Given that scenario, I don't think, and maybe you can speak to this too, is there anyone that has like two top 12 or two top six quarterbacks that just like is so juggernaut mm -hmm. at QB that makes you scared out of your mind? There's not like, so what comes to mind is the, the international league that we're in the shit league where Mike went buck wild. Yeah, man. It was, it quarterback was Allen court, and right, Herbert, right? right, right. He has, so he went the, the, the big dog route. And this was an auction for the first five rounds. So people were able to throw their dollar dollar bills, y'all to get quarterbacks. I would say the best type of pairing is like uh I think it's a Dak and Lamar. It's pretty or, good. Or you know, it's 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 not like an Allen and a Herbert, a Mahomes and a in a Herbert or you know, it's it, it's kind of uh and no one has 3 cuz I've been hitting yeah. the quarterback market cuz in this league I got uh Purdy I got Howell. Shout out to episode one of the 40s. Let's, let's go. go. Let's Starting quarterback for the commanders. We've had Ron Rivera has said we have a lot of quarterbacks that are guaranteed to have the job, but Sam Howell's going to keep it. Just watch. I, I, I sure hope so. Cause like I said, I'm, I'm depending on, and then Jared Goff. So that's my one true. I'm, I'm at least happy with that. And I've been exploring the market. I made a trade for Zappy, uh, just trying to get bodies in, in the building. Cause it's not that easy. Uh, but they, you know, there's no clear-cut juggernaut. Like I said, uh, this team actually started with Lance and Kyler. Okay. Rocking the Kyler jersey. And he so, already teared it down. And he te yeah, so there Man. there wasn't like a, holy shit, these guys got the two Stutteruskis. It's it's pretty, like I said, that Lamar, I think it's Lamar and Dak, is that that's probably one of the better pairings in the league. I, I do like that one. But knowing that, see, and this is why I bring this up. And, like, let's be honest. Mike and I like Mac Jones. Mike's a little higher on him than I am, but we both yeah. don't love him going on into it. And start 10, we're not loving it. But he also had a defensive guy calling plays for him this year and had no weapons. Now, right. am I saying he's going to be a smash guy next year? No. But in a, in a league like this, could he be slightly improved where, like, he's not the worst quarterback to in the league? Yeah. Like, I think yeah. that is in the range of outcomes. reason I bring all that up is I think the way I look at this I see three older, older receivers, and then I see all these picks. Now, 
what I, I think what Mike hit on, which is really key, is I would love to see what I can do to add a fourth or fifth receiver, even if it's not the sexiest mm-hmm. to this team. Because here's what I think. 112, 114, 201, 202. I, I would love in this team to shoot most of those at the youth running backs because we yes. just touched on, yes. right? What We just touched on all the running backs that their value is going to crater. So really you don't want to invest in that. You don't want to pay into that. Like if anything, I'd rather trade out a Ramondre, see if I can liquidate him, and just go ahead and get four, three, four shots at running backs that have day two draft capital in this 23 class mm-hmm. and then kind of see where the cards may fall with Pitts, I think this is the main point here. I think Pitts is one of your best chances, plus the picks that you have in 23, to go ahead and tear down and get off of Pitts, liquidate him, and then have shots at building up the receiver room to where it's reasonable. And then you can kind of go into the beginning part of next year fluid. And then if you end up not being a contender, you can move Cooper Cup when people right. wait will actually pay back in for him. Um, things like that. I think the other thing, too, is in this league, right? What what do we all admit, Mike, myself, you, we would love to do with this team is upgrade quarterback. So if you do that, you already have two 24s. Let's say you can find a way to get your 24 back. Like if you have three picks, four picks in the first round of 24, like we all know in these 23 picks, they're not sexy enough to get you into the quarterback conversation mm-hmm. likely. But if you have three or four picks in that 24 class in the top 10, okay, now you might be able to next year position yourself to have the quarterbacks that you want i think that's probably the way i'd like to play this team i'm not saying that's the only way you can do it it's just the way my mind's kind of working with what i'm hearing with dynamics right now and this team is i think it's a kind of uniquely positioned to acquire a quarterback because lance and jones they're young and they do have a perception that they can get better uh obviously lance has been riddled with injuries he's played what five football games in the last three seasons going back to college and the COVID year and everything. And Mac Jones, Mac Jones has the ultimate variable change. He went from the dumpster fire of all dumpster fires, offensive situations to, you know, a reputable offensive coordinator with familiarity with Belichick and how he likes to do things. So the ceilings are there for those two guys. Plus all these picks. I think it puts him in that kind of rare category where all of a sudden now there's a, a team that has an elite quarterback and they're putting him on the block. Cooper Cup, one of these quarterbacks, a shitload of picks, kind of puts you at the dinner table. So I, I think that, that, that if that is the route he wanted to go, he's a, he's uniquely kind of uh, paired to do that. Um, one last question about this build, and this is kind of a fun one. You have to answer it, no doubt. What is the one player that needs to go? Mm, love this. Mike, go ahead. Get this guy us out of here. Man. You're out of here. Start us, Mike. Why are you... <laughs> <laughs> why are we rostering kyle phillips <laughs> well i will I, I i think he is a i think this is his guy i think kyle phillips is okay. his guy i think it's like sure. his truth <laughs> all right it's the reason why i still roster james robinson in all of my dynasty i love james robinson i will say to defend the guy I, first of all it's hard to defend kyle phillips and if it's your guy i mean hey more power. I mean, 40%, in, 40% of people have 14, him on a roster. In 14 team leagues, I have seen worse roster than Kyle Phillips. Let me just say uh, that. That's point. fair. <laughs> I, right. think I, I think I have. Um, there, there is honestly nothing on the waiver, though. <laughs> right. I agree with you. I agree. <laughs> Come with on, you. man. Like, I mean, you got shallow benches here. They're not very deep benches. True. So it's like, why? Why Kyle Phillips? Why a wide receiver like this? I mean, there's I think, not. A I think it's his back. guy. I think it's his guy. All right, that's, that's fair. 
That'd be for me. That'd be the guy to go. But I mean, in reality, if I'm approaching this team, like the guy who has to go is Kyle Pitts at some point, because that's my mm-hmm. only big chip that I have. I mean, that's the hammer and I'm, I'm, I'm not desperate, right? I'm not going to take a loss to trade him away, but I am trying every single week, right, to pump the Kyle Pitts hype train to to be in people's DMs, being like, you interested in Kyle Pitts this week? Or did you see this news about who's going to be the quarterback of the Atlanta Falcons? Mm -hmm. Kyle Pitts, right? Right? Come on. Like, that's the guy I'm trying to get off because that's my biggest piece. That's the the asset that I have that I can recoup the most value for. I I would say – it kind of depends on his direction. The one thing that I'm I'm intrigued by, you know, I'm wearing the Kyler jersey, which brought you, Maddie, to bring up that he traded him away. Mm-hmm. And what I'm seeing in picks, like that is starting to feel to me anyway, like he's playing the long game. And if that's yep. the approach you're going to do, which Mike started off saying, like, that's what I would want to do here, I want to still trade pits. But I'm going to... I'm not going to say you have to do it. Like, I think there's a scenario where if he is this good at getting picks this early and he just took this team over, maybe he's planning to build around pits and he doesn't think that he's worth trading. I'm with Mike. I'd I'd prefer to trade him, but I won't say that he has to go. So I would say this. If you want to contend and liquidate pits and try to have a chance to do that, I think pits has to go. But if you want to play the long game, I'll tell you two pieces that have to go for me. It's not pits and it's going to be Javante and it's going to be Ramondre. Like if you want to make this team play the long game, mm-hmm. those running backs got to go. Because Ramondre is at peak. I don't care what you say, he's at peak. Javante oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. is no longer at peak, but there's already talks about him not playing in the first few weeks. Mm-hmm. We saw how some of these running backs, you know, De- DeAndre Swift, Cam Akers, that we thought were so great in the 2020 class, do nothing but bleed value. And if you decided already that the long game is yours, those are the ones that I think need to go. Otherwise, if you want to play, like, I want to get picks and figure out a way to make this work now, I want to sell pits. So you know how I know that we are the three best friends that anyone has ever had? <laughs> the three guys that I was saying needs to go is Pitts, Ramondre, and Javante. Pitts, it's because we talk about tearing down, but in a weird way, Dallas Carter just has outproduced Kyle Pitts. So on a fantasy gridiron... Are you tearing down? I don't know. He's kind of the anti-Travis Kelsey where everyone's narrative is, when is he going to fall off? When is he going to fall off? Well, Kyle Pitts is the opposite. When is he going to take off? When is he going to take off? So I think this is the guy you have to trade because I, like, I think you could bring in game-changing assets in terms of the direction of your team. And the running backs, I think they need to be traded now because Ramondre's at peak. And the, the his sneaky the guy that he's rostering that I think has sneaky uh, ascension ability if that's a phrase that's even English, I don't know, but it sounded pretty damn good, is Pierre Strong. And that's the guy that I think is going to push Ramondre to have less touches. We've brought it up on a number of shows now. At the East-West Shrine Bowl game, Bill Belichick was there, and he specifically asked to coach the scatbacks, the pass-catching running backs. And I think a lot of that is because even though Ramondre was fourth at, in running back in targets, he caught a shitload of passes. He wasn't dynamic in how he did it. It was screen city. And Javante, I think you need to get out from under him because I think there's a possibility that he will never be what we thought he could be, given this report on the knee, regime change. Could they bring in a guy in the running back class this deep? You may not think that fourth-round running back is going to push a guy like Javante. You might be dead-ass wrong because that guy could be good enough. Ataje Spears, hell, Deuce Vaughn in the fifth. We saw what Sean Payton did with Darren Sproles in the past game when he was in New Orleans. That's that type of guy. That's his ceiling outcome. You know, according to guys like Ray, the guys who know stuff about football, 
I think that you got to get out from under those running backs. And even if right now you're starting running backs or Rashad Penny and Chase Edmonds, it doesn't matter. They're not getting fantasy points. Who gives a shit what it looks like? Get yourself some more surefire assets going into the season. And all of a sudden, if you might back into a starter, now you're only looking for one more. So I think I think those are the three guys that you have to have to move. Boys, this has been a great episode. Before we sign off, I like to give the listeners a little bit of a homework assignment, stuff that they can do uh, after the show has ended. And this assignment, well, it's probably the easiest homework assignment I've ever given them because they're probably all doing it already. And that is to go check out the 4D Chess Guys and all the shows that they do. Go subscribe to the South Harmon Institute of Technology YouTube channel and just start rocking with these guys if you're not already because if you're not, you are behind the eight ball because, like I said, Truly, they are geniuses in this whole dynasty thing that we love so much. I also have a quick final thought that I want to give up, and it's something that Adam touched upon earlier, how important it is to have your round one in dynasty. So when we're talking about tearing down, we're talking about rebuilding. You can control a little bit of where that pick is based on how you dynasty. So having that pick is super, super important. So make sure you have it, and if you don't, Maybe go back and get it before it's too late. So, Adam, Mike, please tell everyone listening where they can find you on socials and where they can get your content. Man, I always say following me on Twitter is one of the worst things you can possibly do. I do nothing but shit post and, and retweet. But isn't that Twitter? That's Twitter, That's exactly what everyone that is looking to follow someone on Twitter is looking for. There we go. <laughs> yeah. All right. If you want to follow me on Twitter, it's at Iowa Michael. But the big thing is just come check out what we do, man. Check out uh, Destination Debbie wherever you get podcast feeds. Mm-hmm. We're out every Friday, 40. It's there. Uh, also, the newsletter that we put out has everything fantastic from the whole Destination Debbie team, and it's one of the ones that I love being a part of, man. It really does feel like a family over there. And, I mean, you got to experience it a little bit at the expo. Just, mm-hmm. I mean, we never met. None of us had ever met in person. Right. I mean, maybe Ray and, uh, and Gene, right? They they had met. Or they actually lived close enough together, but none of us right. had met. So the fact that we bonded so quickly just over the year and it's been nothing but video chats and, you know, talking on podcasts and yep. doing that kind of stuff. It really does feel like a family. But go check us out there. And if you if you want to dare and you want to see more of this beardless man, I used to have a beard. So you can go a back good, and watch some uh, of nice our videos. Come check us out on YouTube, South Harmon Fantasy Football. Love to have you. Maddie, thank you so much for having us on. Uh, I I, I can't believe the journey that we've both been on, right? It kind of feels yeah. like our our arcs are coming at the the exact same time. And uh, getting to meet you at the expo and seeing you in person and get to hang out with you is a pleasure. I love what you're doing over here. Player Profiler is very lucky to have you. You're fantastic. Well, thank you. So thanks Aww. for thanks for having thank us you. on, brother. Adam, plug away, baby. Uh, at ATM4DChess on Twitter. Um, it won't be quite as exciting as Mike because I'm kind of bland and I don't really do as much <laughs> tweeting as I probably should. It's a lot of retweet, quote retweets. So uh, working on getting the Twitter following bigger. But really, uh, South Harmon Fantasy Football on YouTube is, you know, if you want to find Mike and myself. Um, the reality, too, is like we're so much with Destination Debbie. So if you follow Destination Debbie Radio, um, you're going to be able to get our 40 chess, you know, football mm-hmm. podcast. And then also the Destination Debbie newsletter. Uh, be ready. You know, come draft season, we'll probably have another draft showdown on the uh, the Destination Debbie feed, which was a blast. But, Maddie, man, thanks for having us on. Um, th- this was fun. I-, I enjoy doing stuff like that with, you know, 
breaking down things in an actual league and settings and a specific roster, I'm not going to sit here and tell you I get it all right, but I think it gives us more context yeah. and lets me, you, and Mike really get into the nitty-gritty and where we think you can kind of pick up edges. Because mm -hmm. a lot of people, I think, that do this, they want to talk generically, which is good. Like, you yeah, get an idea sure. and you form ideas of values, but what about my team? Everybody in the reality wants to know about their team. Like, yep. generic is cool, but what about my team? I want to get my team better. So I love doing stuff like that. I think it's the most actionable for people listening. So thanks for bringing us on. Always always fun chopping it up with Maddie, man. You're doing a great job on Game Plan. Check out every episode on Player Profiler. Can't believe, based on last year at the Expo, um, <sighs> this is where we're at. But, hey, man, you're killing it. Uh, make sure you keep checking into him. And uh, if you do want to check into Mike's Twitter, um, it does get a little you know, rambunctious <laughs> over there. So do that, too. It is a lot of fun. Uh, you know, we're a couple of one, two, three Jersey boys on tonight's show. Thank you guys so much for rocking with me. I kind of look at the three of us and, and, you know, Ike and Gene definitely is part of this too. And other guys that play a profile, my co-host and trade gods, Jason amongst others. It's like our draft class. Like this is the draft class and we got a fucking strong ass oh, class. Yeah. If you, you want to ask my opinion. So it's uh, not 22. Let's say that. You know? It ain't 20. <laughs> it's more like the 2017 draft class, if you know what I'm saying. But guys, <laughs> thank you so much for hanging out. You guys are not only great at what you do in terms of your analysis, but you're good dudes. And I can say that with absolute certainty because I can consider you guys my friends. So uh, I'm lucky to have you. I was definitely lucky to have you on the show. That's going to wrap up episode 24 of The Game Plan. Make sure you like this video and subscribe to the Player Profiler YouTube channel. Check out uh, my Twitter at Matty Keyroom and follow both the Player Profiler TikToks at Player Profiler and Profiler underscore NFL. If you love fantasy football, which you obviously do because you're listening to the game plan, be sure to join the Player Profiler Discord channel because that's where me and other members of the underworld talk that shit and talk fantasy 24-7. Keep game planning, my friends, and I will see you next week. Peace.